I put the lime in the coconut and drink it all up. I put the wine in the coconut and puke it back up. <laughs> and that's our intro. Welcome to the Ice Garden. Vous écoutez the Ice Garden. Ito ang Ice Garden. One in need of the Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. Ice Garden. Atem azanim ladan na ka. Vous écoutez the Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. Dabro pa jalawet ice garden. Bienvenido al jardin. Welcome to the Ice Garden. You're listening to the Ice Garden. This, this, this is the Ice Garden. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Top Shelf, where we keep the hot takes and the hard liquor. I'm Hannah Beavis. I'm here with Michelle J, and it is Thanksgiving Eve. How you doing, Michelle? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. I went home for Thanksgiving, and so and I didn't tell anybody that I was going home for Thanksgiving, so I got to surprise my family. And grandparents today, which was really fun. That's fun. Oh, yeah. I forgot you were, like, surprising them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I told a few friends who picked me up from the airport and were able to get me home. And then I surprised my mom this morning. And then gradually everybody else came home. And I got to surprise everybody else. And they were like, you liar. You lying liar. And I was like, I know, but aren't you glad that I did it? And they were like, no. But secretly I could tell that they were. <laughs> that's fun that's always kind of a fun Mm -hmm. thing to do for your family if you can my mom was like i think this is the sweetest thing anyone's ever done for me and i was like (laughs) oh stop that's so cute Mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun so i'm doing good how was your flights uh terrible (laughs) (laughs) i took it was a one it was a one-way boston to chicago at 5 a.m so i was already of course it's a one-way flight hannah well, well, you said flights plural, so oh, I yeah. also need to clarify that it was just one flight. So we got on the plane. Everyone loaded. It was basically a full flight. We sat out on the, the runway for half an hour, and then the captain was like, there's something wrong with the engine. We got it to turn on, but something was wrong with it. But then we fixed it, and it's fine. And I was like, okay, seems sketchy, but okay. And she's like, but we have to go back to the gate so that somebody can sign off saying that it's safe for us to fly. <laughs> so we had to taxi back to the gate wait 20 minutes for somebody to come sign off and say that the plane was okay and then we had to taxi back and wait in line and fly an hour late so that wasn't ideal but other than that it was fine aren't you the one that hates flying no i don't no i like flying i like going to airports i think i probably like flying better than driving i just don't hate driving either but driving a 16 hour drive home is insufferable and i refuse to do it oh my god it's not that bad I'm I mean, sorry. Like, I would never what do it anymore, say? but like I've done it enough where I'm not like a 16-hour drive. Yeah, I've driven back and forth like more than once. No, I don't hate flying, but that 16—that's a two-day drive. Maybe if I was doing it with somebody, we could do it in one day. But like by myself, no. Uh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I've always driven like with someone else, like my dad. Yeah, I remember you talking about doing that drive with your dad. And if, like, I think I could do that with another person. If it was a road trip, sure. But if it was just by myself. And the other thing, too, is we did that drive the first and only time that I've done it with Gigi, who uh, hates yeah. who hates driving and travel and freaked out in the car. And so we spent the whole trip making sure that she wasn't, like, losing her mind. Yeah. <laughs> what are you drinking? Uh, honestly, nothing. 
<laughs> Nothing. Partially because I forgot. And also because, like, I'm home all day tomorrow for Thanksgiving. And I don't have any other alcohol in the house. But, like, mm. what I have, so I'm conserving. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I may have valued my uh, Thanksgiving drinking plans over uh, the podcast. Sorry. That's, that's, no, you know what? I, that's totally valid. Uh, that's totally fair. What are you drinking? Do you even have anything if you're home? Oh. I don't know why oh. I think your house is like a dry spot. That was weird. Oh, Michelle. Here's, here's the great thing about my house is that before my sister and I were of legal age to drink, my mom is the only one who drinks in our house. And she gets a lot of like alcohol for gifts. And so it just What does slowly... your mom do that she gets alcohol for gifts? She's a uh, she's a teacher. <laughs> so what does your mom do and how do I do it? She's a teacher and so she I mean like she gets like gift cards and stuff, but like occasionally she gets alcohol. And so she's just slowly accumulated an alcohol like hoard in our pantry. So an alcohol and she what? Hoard? Oh, I, I like heard a hoard. Like a, like a and no, like a treasure trove of alcohol. And now that my sister and I are old enough to drink, she knows what we'd like and what we don't like. And so she'll, like, buy stuff for us when we come back. So we are, like, stocked for Thanksgiving. And so she got this wine as a gift. And what I'm drinking tonight is a, it's a key lime wine. And so, like, the cork was, like, neon green. And it was, like, a very... It was a very unusual one. My mom was like, I don't know who's going to drink that. And I was like, well, are you going to give it away to somebody? Are you going to give it to him as a gift? And she was like, I don't dislike anybody enough to gift this to them. And so, so of course, like, you like it. I So I was instantly like, I'm trying this right now. And it's not bad. It's kind of like, it's like a fruit wine. It's like, like I went to a winery in the summer and they had a bunch of different fruit wines. And it tastes like that. It tastes like a, like a lime fruit wine. And it's not bad. Mm. It's very light. That kind of sounds gross. My sister likes Moscato because she likes how sweet it is. And so Jesus she's, this Christ. is all, this is also very sweet. And so it, it's a little bit like a limey Moscato. Ugh. Which yeah, sounds, sounds terrible. Disgusting. Which sounds terrible, but it's not bad. <laughs> it just doesn't really like, taste like wine. Ugh. My stomach hurts just thinking about that. I'm not going to lie. You probably would not like it. I don't think you would. I don't hate it. I'm on my like second and a half class right now. So. Wow. I had dinner before this, and I had alcohol before with dinner, so. Wow, we're in you're mid, so cool. We're in mid-podcast form. Oh, my God. Uh, my name is Hannah, and I'm home for the holidays, <laughs> and so I drank with dinner. Listen, I'm living my best <laughs> life for the few days that I'm here. I'm going to drink <laughs> alcohol as much as I can. That sounds bad, but... I'm also. I didn't have to. Easy I didn't have to pay for. I didn't have to pay for this wine. So I'm yeah. Like, Listen, I'm gonna take for it the lime wine. <laughs> lime. It sounds weird. It sounds disgusting. Okay. Yeah, you wouldn't like it. So instead of toast this week, because we're recording this the night before Thanksgiving. Twas um, the nights before Thanksgiving, and all through the house, my kitchen was so full. Not even a mouse could fit in it. Your kitchen was empty and there was no alcohol in it. No, there's alcohol, but I am conserving it for tomorrow. I, but I, in reality, I have like one can of beer and like one can or one um, bottle. Wine comes in bottles. One bottle of wine. <laughs> okay, I was hoping you were going to say a bottle of wine because I was like, listen, one can of beer is not even close to being enough for Thanksgiving. I know. Well, like, I there's two cans of beer, but, like, only one is mine. Mm, okay. Because okay. I have to share. 
fucked. <laughs> what a tragedy. I know. It's a fucking tragedy. I have to share my beer and my cheese. <laughs> Are you doing a turkey? No. Turkey's gross. No. We also, what? I mean, you've seen, I don't have a real oven, so, like, we definitely could not mm. do a turkey. We're doing do pork do? chops. Okay, that's good. That's which are good. way better. Turkey's disgusting. Turkey's not bad. Not Turkey's a good, disgusting. not a well-cooked turkey. I probably wouldn't cook it myself, but when I come home and my mom knows how to make it, I'll eat that. No, oh, I hate turkey. How dare you? I just, like, it's always dry. It's always bad. You gotta have turkey with gravy. Ew, first I don't of like all. gravy. Michelle. Oh, my yeah. God. You're drinking <laughs> key lime wine right now. And you're like, That's ew, fair. you don't like gravy. Oh, my God. You're drinking lime wine. That still doesn't make it okay that you don't like gravy. That's a staple. No, what do you eat not in my Thanksgiving. With? It's what not. Do you ma- what do you eat mashed potatoes with? Do you eat mashed butter? potatoes? Butter? I eat so many mashed potatoes. Oh, my God. So much butter. Well, put butter on your turkey. Maybe that'll help. No, that sounds gross. I was going to say, what are you having for Thanksgiving? Turkey, mashed potatoes and gravy. Uh, cranberry sauce because I'm obsessed with cranberry sauce. Uh, homemade or out of the can? Out of the can. <laughs> How do you feel about cranberry sauce? Uh, my dad makes really good homemade cranberry sauce with orange and mango, and it's really good. And that's the only oh kind I eat because I'm that a sounds really good. My mom made homemade cranberry sauce last year, and the reason I didn't like it was because of the texture. I like the cranberry sauce out of the can because it's like really smooth. And so it's, like, easy to eat. Mm. And last year, my mom used, like, whole cranberries. And it was very, like, I, I don't know. I just didn't like the texture. That's fair. Um, we do, like, we'll do stuffing. We'll do, like, probably, like, crescent rolls. We have cinnamon rolls, which we're not going to have with the Thanksgiving dinner. But we're going to have for, like, breakfast and stuff that I'm stoked about that are homemade. So those are always good. Uh, and pumpkin pie, because my dad's obsessed with pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie is gross. Mm. I could take it or leave it. I'm not, it's, like, married to the idea of having it. It's a texture thing to me. Mm, like, I don't like fair. the, like, it's, like, kind of, like, almost like baby food. The flavor's good, though. We had this conversation last week about pumpkin-flavored thing. We did. We did. What are you going to have besides pork chops? We are having pork chops with an apple cider reduction sauce, oh uh, cheesy grits, uh, Brussels sprouts, and butternut squash, cornbread casserole, and cookies. What kind of cookies? Uh, we buy sugar cookie dough and then roll it in um, brown cin- brown sugar and cinnamon and regular sugar, and then we bake it. Yum! So good. It's like they're basically snickerdoodle cookies that we make on our own. So because we're recording this the night before Thanksgiving, instead of toasts like we would normally do to start the show, we're gonna say what are we grateful for uh, in women's hockey from this past year. Do you want to start? Do you want me to start? You start. Oh, we're doing from the past year? Okay. So. I think it's, I think that's fair. I don't think we have to be restricted to a season. So I got two. Um, The first is that uh, I am thankful that Team USA finally won a gold medal. Um, So I'm very grateful that we got to experience that gold medal euphoria that we have not experienced for 20 years. (laughs) So that's my first one. And the second is that I am grateful that Cassie Campbell-Pascal is on the Hockey Hall of Fame committee and that we finally have a woman on that committee and hopefully that that is a, a first step for things to come down the road. So those are, my, those are my two things that I'm thankful for. There are a lot of others, but those are, if I have to just pick two, those are the ones I'm going with. Those are good ones. Mm-hmm. 
The gold medal's a big one. I had to include that one. I am thankful for women's hockey in general because it brought so many different people into my life, like you. Aww. Oh no, I'm gonna cry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'm also thankful for how much the game has grown uh, in the past year. Seeing more NHL teams partner with uh, women's hockey teams, seeing more television and streaming deals come out, uh, and also just being able to see like how the game has grown internationally as well. That is what I'm thankful for. That's good. Those are good. I think also your international comment is a good segue into uh, our NWHL stuff this week, specifically the Connecticut Whale and the New York Riveters games, because the Whale won their first game this year. And they have a lot of international talent on their roster, specifically one Mary Reisinen, who is, as we talked about on earlier podcasts, kind of not, I guess not saving Connecticut season, but giving them a huge boost. Would you say that the whale are uh, swimming in international waters this year? Hey! <laughs> that's not a bad, that's a pretty good one. Well, they've got her, they've got, her, they've got um, Marizova, I don't know her first name. Uh, it's like... Starts with a K. Yeah. There were Katerina. a lot of accent marks on it. Katerina Mrazova, who's from the Czech Republic and who is uh, incredible. Mike Murphy wrote a really good article about her on uh, the Ice Garden. That you makes should me really... check it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the delay in you understanding what I was getting at was ridiculous. I heard the tone. I was like, this is a joke because I can tell that that's Michelle's. I set up a pun and I'm waiting for you to notice it, but it took me a second to realize what the pun was. Uh, but yeah, you should check it out and read it. So you hated her... that. Oh, it's a good one. I hate I hate how long it took for me to realize that it was a joke. I hate how long it took for you to realize it was a joke too. Laugh uh, the... at me, I'm funny. <laughs> the whale also got a new golu besides Mary. Um, Maria Sorokina, who's from Russia, who's really good. Uh, who we, can't, we haven't seen her play yet, but she literally, like, just got there. Like, she was just recently signed. And, like, we've talked before about the international talent they got. They've got, I don't know if we've done a tally, but I think if we counted up the players on other rosters, the whale would have the most international, if we're not counting, like, Canada, would have the most international talent. But they beat the Rivs this weekend, and I think this is like a wake-up call. If the if the Rivs' struggles early this season haven't been enough of a wake-up call, the Connecticut Whale beating them is like a big one. But again, I think the Whale are maybe a little bit better than we give them credit for. But like also the Rivs made some stupid lineup decisions that I'm mad at their coach about, and I yeah. don't understand. Like you have Mia Dench back from her campaign that she was working, and she didn't play this weekend. And I don't understand why, in what universe you would bench, you would bench Dench. Hey, <laughs> No, that was, that just rhymed. I was, ha- well, I didn't intend for it to rhyme, so I was pretty happy with it. It's not a pun. I think I saw somewhere that Mie hasn't been on the ice in, like, six months. Holy shit. Which, okay. like, if that's true, I could see being like, okay, let's get a practice or two in you. Also, I don't really know. But yeah, that kind of struck me as a strange coaching decision. If she hasn't been on the ice, that's one thing. But I guess I would want to know, like, has she been, like, is she, like, physically in shape? Like, 
even if she was rusty for a couple games, like, if she's at least physically active, I would still rather have Mie Dench and her incredible hands on my team than, like, not Mie Dench <laughs> on my team, <laughs> you know? Than, like, not Mie. That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Also, Burke didn't play, but she's still hurt. She will be back this week. She was um, out with an injury, though. So I don't know. I don't know if that's going to help or not. Maybe it'll help their power play. Maybe it'll help their defense because the Rivs defense has been just a bit of a mess. And like the team in general has been a bit of a mess. And I don't know whether you blame the new coach. I don't know whether you blame if the team, if it's like, I don't know that you can call it an Isabel Cup hangover because it's not like the playoffs go super late into the summer. So it's not like they had like a significantly shorter off season than anybody else. I don't know if it's new lines if it's that the other teams got much better but like something's got to change with the revs the way things are now i feel like it's a combination of like a new coach new systems the coach came in so late and just like it's kind of been a disorganized mess excuse me um i think that all adds to it and yeah, it's it's definitely surprising though to see them struggling this it's, much. It feels like a regression to the season one ribs when there was talent on the team, but they weren't able to actually able able to put it together. Yeah, it's just so like confusing because last year the ribs were fine, like and they were able to have like. Katie Fitzgerald was playing really well. The lines were all clicking really well. And, like, they lost a couple players. Like, Harrison Brown's not on this team anymore. But it's not – I don't think it's enough to, like – and Mie hasn't been playing for a while, and Burke has been hurt. But, like, the talent on this roster is there. Michelle Picard is on this team. Kelsey Colzer's on this team. Uh, Madison, Pack, Madison Packer. They didn't have a lot of turnover. Yeah. And, like, in a short season, like, the end ups to see this type of struggle, they're one in six now, is a little concerning. Especially with such a short season. Like, you don't have a lot of time to turn this around. Yeah. This is why I'm mad that every team is making the playoffs. Because this is, like, this should be... The Riveters struggling should mean something. Like... The fact that they're, if they're going to get into the, the playoffs regardless and they they figure their shit out one week before playoffs start, like, I don't think they should have an opportunity to play for a title if they are the worst team in the regular season. So I was also thinking about it, too, like, if it's kind of a symptom of it being a short season is that everybody makes the playoffs so you still kind of have that chance to bounce back. Maybe. And that's like a fair, I guess that's a fair assessment, but I still don't. Like, yes, it's a short season, but like. It's the same short season for everybody. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I don't like that there's not consequences, I guess, for lack of a better word, for the team that is going to finish last. Do you think the whale are better than we gave them credit for? Or do you think their goaltending has been better than, has just has kept them in games? I think the Whale need time to gel. They have a lot of new players on their team. Um, not a new coach, which is good, but I think that they just need time to come together, which like this league doesn't really allow for. 
between the short season and each team, I think, is only allowed to practice twice, which means you're, like, cramming everything in. You know what I'm seeing as I'm, like, looking at this, the rosters side by side, I think they're, the ribs and the whale are kind of similar and that I think the, the ribs probably have a little bit more natural talent on their team. But I, I do think the whale have players like Mrazova, like Nina Rogers, like Shannon Doyle, like Emily Fluke, who are naturally talented as well. But I think the difference that we're seeing between those two is that the whale have a coach who has been there before and knows how to coach his team and knows mm-hmm. how to bring them together into a team that can like pull out a win. And the ribs are working with a new coach with new systems who doesn't have a lot of experience coaching women or coaching like hockey beyond the high school level. And he probably doesn't like, I feel like coaching in the NWHL or even in the CWHL is tough because you have limits on practice, you know, Mm -hmm. and not every Mm -hmm. player can show up to every game because somebody has a full-time job or, oh, somebody has like something they have to do. You know, like hockey isn't their only job. It's not like high school where you're playing for your high school team or even club um, where you're playing for your team and like that's your sole focus. This is like, okay, I have a full-time job that needs me here, there, and X, and I also have these other obligations that I have to fulfill. And I think Ryan Equale probably is more equipped to understand that and know how to coach a team, like you said, that has to deal with those type of things where Randy is just kind of like, uh, my players can't show up. Well, he doesn't, and he doesn't know his players. He doesn't know, like, he didn't know their names when the season started a while ago. Like, he's got, he's got to learn on the fly with that too, which doesn't make that easy. So Michelle and I were both at that game on Saturday, and Michelle was also at the game on Sunday, obviously because she's the private photographer. The Saturday game was a really good, the really good game, and so it sounds like Sunday was like that too. Was very much like a, a tight, close contest it was i was talking to i can't remember if it was you or elaney um from tig who was also at the game this season or uh, on saturday and she was talking about how i can't remember who it was one of you was talking about how the pride she thinks the pride has that their coach got players who could skate really fast who had a lot of speed regardless of skill level and so that it, that it was going to be easier to teach players like that were fast how to have the skills that they were going to need to succeed than have players who might be more naturally gifted, like have better hands or be more naturally gifted that way, who weren't fast and couldn't play in the systems that they were trying to implement. And I think that's a really interesting point. And I think it's probably a true point, especially because we've talked so much about how fast this Pride team was and they beat the Buttes on Saturday with that speed, and we saw the Buttes have trouble with the Whitecaps too, which is also a team that is notorious for being very quick on the ice. That's really interesting. Uh, definitely Alini that said that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Pride are so fast. Like, it's scary how fast they are. But I also think, it's, I, I would say that, I would agree with that, yes. But I would also say that, like, the Pride do have a lot of really, really talented players. Oh, absolutely. Um, You've got Tony Ann Miano, you've got uh, Denisa something, Krasnova, you've got Lauren Kelly, and I think he was really smart when he went in the, in the college players he picked up in that he picked up a lot of teammates, 
you know, Denisa and mm-hmm. Lauren on a line with Gigi look incredible. Uh, it's a fast line. They pass the puck really well. And it's because I think Denisa and Lauren Kelly have so much experience playing with each other from Northeastern. And then you can just literally slot Gigi Marvin in there and like the line is, is incredible. And, and we're talking about a season that's so short, like that built-in chem, any built-in chemistry that you can have already is like a huge boost oh, for yeah. teams that might take two or three weeks to kind of gel like that. Or like the Riveters where it's, we're seven weeks in and they're still, or however many weeks in and they're still struggling. You know, you go out and you get uh, Tony and Miano, who's played with a lot of the, the, the existing players from when they were all at BC together. And it's just like, it's, it's apparent that they were very targeted. And yeah, I would. I think I would agree with that. They are that they went after some speed. I think that's smart because if you can't keep up with a team, like even if you might have more skilled players, like Mia Dench is super skilled. Madison Packer is the leading goal scorer last year. Like, um, then that's on the ribs. That's not on the buttes. But like, if you like, I don't know that I would consider everyone on the buttes like a super fast skater, like. There, there are some really. They have a lot of physical players. I think more so than speed. And so, if you can't keep up with a team, it's going to be hard to control the puck and keep that up. Especially when you can't body check. If the Buttes could body check, I think they'd be in a little bit of a better place than like they are now. You know, but like they can't. They can. You can still be physical, but it's it's that speed is an edge that they don't have necessarily. Do you know who I forgot? I loved watching play hockey. Who? Blake Bolden. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I wish I would have gone. Because I noticed her a few times on Saturday. But I was like, man, I kind of like, I wish I could watch her play more. I wish I would have gone back on Sunday. The um, So the interesting thing about this week, Henry, was that it was a double header. And like, mm-hmm. we don't see a lot of those in the NWHL. I think there's been like one a season, one or two a season typically. Um, obviously, the season's different because of the Minnesota thing. Um, But I feel like you have to train a little differently. And it was not that the pride were slow or not that anybody wasn't well trained, but it was just very apparent what good shape Blake was in because she was on Sunday consistently beating people to pucks. There are a few players and like all of these players who are in the pros are like in really good shape and physically like know what they have to do to be in in the very best shape that you need to be to play in professionally. But like Blake Bolden, Zoe Hickel comes to mind, Tori Hickel. Um, There are players who have like, um, uh, like performance, like they coach athletes to be like they have their own training companies. I guess, for lack of a better word, where they are, like, teaching others what it takes to be in the best shape that you can be. And so yeah. they're able to implement that stuff into their own regiments. And, like, the like Kayla, uh, Carolyn Prevo on the Toronto Furies does mm-hmm. CrossFit. So you know that she's going to be one of the most in-shape players in the CWHL. Blake is going to be one of the most in-shape players in the NWHL because she is also, like, running a company like that and knows how to train to be at the very elite level. The CWHL announced their All-Star Game in Clarkson date and locations this week. I feel like the first time in forever, the CWHL and NWHL All-Star Game is not the same weekend, which is like a miracle. So that's great. If you want to do both, you can do both now. The CWHL All-Star Game is going to be in Toronto on the weekend of 
Yeah, I believe it's January 20th is the All-Star Game at the Air Canada Center, which is where it's been for like the last several years. Um, and that's where their Clarkson's Club is going to be as well. Uh, no, 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 Mm-mm. not Air Canada. They're going to the, the Coca-Cola Center, which was formerly Rico Coliseum, which is where the Marlies play, which is what they did last year. So basically no difference. Not anything new, which is fine. Toronto is like the center for the CWHL, although it's it's interesting that it makes sense for them to stay in Toronto. That's where the league headquarters are. That's two of their teams are based there. It's like financially, it may, and the Maple Leafs have been a good partner with them. So it makes sense to do that, but it is also like, you know, if they were to move around, like maybe they could go to the Bell Center. Maybe they could go to Calgary, where the Flames play. Like, they have partners with other NHL teams, and I wonder whether they could, like, play in big arenas in other places to kind of try and increase a fan base. Like, if you took it to Montreal, Lake Canadian always have good crowds, so I think that you would have, like, kind of a built-in fan base there you could tap into. I think uh, uh, something you mentioned in that, like two teams being there and the league central is like the league offices being there. I think just Toronto makes sense from a physical location standpoint in that it's super easy to get most of your teams there. It just makes me wonder how the NWHL is going to all these places. Like, how are you flying all your all-stars to Nashville this year and your league staff? Like, why aren't you just having it at the Prudential Center if your league offices are based in New York and you have all your teams there? And it's like within driving slash flying distance. Like now you've got a lot of plane tickets to Nashville. Cough, cough. Well, that's an interesting theory, huh? You I think also huh. I also know that like plane tickets from Boston are ridiculously cheap to Nashville. It's, it's still, I mean, plane tickets are still more expensive than a bus. Like uh, maybe not. I mean, like I know that there were flights for that weekend for like just over a hundred dollars and if you think about how many people it would do would be on a bus not to mention you're not i feel like the um risk of taking a bus to nashville in the middle of winter and the in the northeast is a little sketchy that's fair Um, i'm not i'm not talking about them driving to nashville though i'm talking about them busing to like new york oh or new jersey which, I mean, you still have a risk that it's going to snow the night before and the roads are going to be impossible and they're going to get stuck on the side of the road like what happened last year with some game. No, um, a few years ago. A few years ago. It's been a while since they've been stuck on the side of the road. I just I just remember the Boston Pride had like that one trip where they literally were stuck on the side of the road. I that was the first season. Was it really? Yeah. God, it feels like yesterday. It doesn't feel yeah, that long ago Yeah, they got stuck in Connecticut in a tra- in a, behind an accident. Yeah, and they were like, they showed up like an hour after puck drop. <laughs> oh, oh God, good times. Um, um, yeah, so that was a thing. I don't think we need to dwell too much on that. But if you want to go see CWHL stuff, go to Toronto. Basically, we'll probably talk about it more as things get closer. Toronto played Calgary this week, and they played twice. Calgary won both games. Calgary won the first game seven to four, and the second game three to two. And I wanted to talk about goaltending because Shay Tiley, who I feel like was one of the big gets for Toronto this year, she was one of their pre-signees. Um, really good goaltender out of the NCAA. Clarkson, well, she was Clarkson, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Patty Cas finalist, and she just has not looked 
like she has been able to adapt to the pro game as well as I think Toronto hoped and as well as I thought she would. She struggled a bit early on. She's 1-4 with a 3.41 goals against average and a .886 save percentage, which isn't great. And granted, Toronto hasn't been giving her a whole lot of help on like the goal-scoring front, but that's not, those aren't good numbers for a goalie. I wonder how much of that is like the teams that are playing. I want to pull up their schedule now. Because like with um, the Vanky Rays last year, they had like that weird um, schedule thing where they were playing a lot of easy teams early on. I wonder if Toronto's been I mean, playing like Montreal and Calgary. Yes, but they also play, and, um No, I think they played KRS at least once, and they played the Blades once. The Blades and KRS are their only two wins. Or their three wins. Excuse me. They played Shenzhen three times, Worcester, Montreal, Calgary. So the last two weekends were Montreal and Calgary, and, like, they didn't do great there. But but still, that's, like, a pretty solid spread. Yeah, those first games. And, like, like Shenzhen shut them out in one game, which, like, I get that Nora Ratu is, like, a good goaltender, but you have Natalie Spooner in your team and Sarah Nurse and Brittany Howard and... That was the second game in a back-to-back. Like, I guess if you're tired, that's one thing. But I'm just a little, like, I really thought Toronto was going to be better this year than they have been so far. Like, on paper, yeah, they look really good. They have Sarah Nurse. They have Shay Tiley. They have Brittany Howard. They have Natalie Spooner. But at the same time, like, most of your big-name players haven't played together before. yeah. Another little piece of Eleni wisdom that she said over the weekend was that Toronto doesn't have a lot of glue players mm-hmm. in that, in that, you know, there are players on like the pride or on like Calgary who, who bring the talented players together that like will, will energize the bench and, and provide like a spark that a team needs and, and help a team be more cohesive and that Toronto either doesn't have those players yet or like they haven't figured out their new roles yet because it is kind of an interesting mishmash of players who like some of them are very talented and some of them are more like third or fourth liners but like it's it's it kind of feels a little bit not quite the same but a little bit like how Boston was last year or was everybody that was still trying to figure out where they fit in on this team mm-hmm and so it feels a little bit like that. They've got the pieces, but it's like, how do you put them together? They've also mm-hmm. got a new coach this year, which I don't think that we've talked about a ton. Courtney Kessel. Yeah, I was going to say not Burchard anymore. but um, And Courtney has played on Toronto before, but this is her first season as the Furies coach. So maybe an adjustment to that as well. I just, it's, it's so interesting to see these teams and how they do in the seasons. That was literally the dumbest, <laughs> most obvious thing I've said ever. It's like it, it was like you know the thing about hockey that I love so much is when they put the puck in the net and score a goal and it's just like wow hockey <laughs> what I was what? trying to say <laughs> before my brain was just like it does the hockey I feel like a lot of a, a lot a lot of the stuff we've talked about so far this podcast this episode boils down to the fact that these seasons are so short mm-hmm. and in the CWHL it, it's numbers wise more games but they're still playing back to backs there's still there's still a similar amount of weeks in the season 
And if you're splitting a season or if you're splitting a weekend series or being swept, it doesn't matter if you play one game or two games in the weekend, you're still pretty much the same time frame. Add in the fact that teams can only practice two, I think two times a week, both leagues. Uh You get into these situations where if there's a ton of turnover or a new coach or something of that nature, a team that looks like they should be very good is going to struggle a lot. I think we're seeing that a lot this season. And and the Furies are just one example of that. It just makes me wonder what th- what this would look like and we and there's no way for us to know if the season was 40 games, 50 games long, you know, and you have more time for teams to figure out what's going on, maybe more opportunities to practice or even more opportunities to just get in game scenarios because I feel mm-hmm. like it's one thing to say, you know, they have not a lot of time to practice together. But I think until you're able to implement stuff that you're trying and practice into games as well, it's hard to know how it's going to work until you actually get in game scenarios. And when you're, like, in the CWHL, you're playing doubleheaders uh, and occasionally during the week if you're doing a China road trip. Um, but you're just not getting a ton of time to actually play in in a game scenario. So, yeah, the, the time thing is definitely different. I just, I don't know, maybe it needs to be another year for Toronto. I, Elaine truly is someone who I think I'm, I've been impressed by the games. She hasn't played as much, but she's got a little bit better numbers than Tylee. Not a lot, but a little bit. A .902 save percentage, 3.35 goals against average. But she was the one in that for the, the 3-2 game where they were, it was a significantly closer game uh and then also we were we were both at the montreal boston game on saturday which went pretty much what we expected i think it didn't go as bad as i expected it to be completely honest you thought it was gonna be worse than 5-0 i mean the second game was 9-0 that's you know what that's fair <laughs> they lost to krs Frankie ray 10-0 so yeah i thought it could have been a lot worse um especially when you're bringing in the firepower of hillary knight marie philippe uh and sophie Bate. Melody Doe. They're just incredible to watch. I love... Montreal's probably my favorite team to watch in person. Maybe if... I don't know that I've seen Calgary recently, but, like, you watch Marie-Philippe Lynn and, like, getting to see Melody Doe and Hillary Knight. Every time I watch Hillary Knight, I, like... And I see her skate. I don't even have to see her numbers. I don't even have to double-check that it's her. I can tell by, like, her stride and the way that she skates and the way that she plays, that that is Hillary Knight within, like, one second of watching her skate. It's just so... She's got such a distinctive way of playing. Yeah. I thought it could have been a lot worse. I mean, they spend, like... I mean, in terms of, like, how the game looked, yeah, that was pretty much what I expected it to be. They spent the whole freaking game (laughs) parked in front of the Blades net. It felt like... It felt like Montreal was on power plays when it was five-on-five. It felt like they were on five-on-three power plays. (laughs) It was just, it just, and and, uh, it's a, it's a skill thing. Montreal is significantly more skilled than the Blades are, and I get that. But also, like, I think, I think as the games went on, Boston got a little bit more comfortable in, in, and it wasn't as, like, Montreal wasn't running over them as much. But, I don't know, not ideal. Also, though, um, their goaltender, whoever, um, Jetta Ratcliffe was back in net for the first time this season. And played super well on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I thought she kept them in there a little bit. Oh, made definitely. a few like pretty big saves um, that seemed to give the team a little bit of life. We're not seeing Lauren Dom though, which we've talked about before. And and the another thing that we talked about too, the Blades have seven goaltenders on their roster. Seven. That's so many. I don't under I don't understand why. I don't understand why you need that many. I think, I mean, if you look at how many shots their goaltenders face, I, I would have want seven. 
But I mean, you can't dress seven. And I guess it's one thing if you need like goaltenders to play in practice or whatever. But like, how crazy is your schedule that you need seven goaltenders in order to have enough to actually play games and practice? If if that is in fact the case, why they have seven on their roster? You can only dress two. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's don't get me wrong. It's definitely weird. I don't, and I don't have an answer. I just thought it was something that I was like, mm, this is weird. Let's move on to the mailbag. We got some good ones this week. Mike Murphy at Dig Deep. Wait, 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 Michelle, you've got to sing. I, <laughs> I was wondering if you were gonna remember that. You just kept going, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm not singing. That's fine. We've been, we've been very, I've been very inconsistent. We've been very inconsistent about that. But I remembered, so please, the, the floor is yours. <sighs> Gotta get my singing voice ready. Deep breath. <clears throat> Deep breaths. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna wail. Mail. Wah, wah. Very good. You sounded like a Muppet there. Wah, wah. That was the intent. Wah, 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 how much do you watch the Muppets that you know what they sound like? I don't watch the Muppets. Who no. do I? I'm not actually sure this is what they sound like. It sounds like the, the teacher of Charlie Brown. Wah, wah, yeah. Let's go to the mailbag and actually start talking like people again. Okay. Um, Mike Murphy at Dig Deep BSB. Um, sent in a question that is, which NWHL and CWHL stars deserve to be on a national team because of what they have shown us in pro hockey? I have thoughts. Yeah, um, and is it Anne Sophie Bate? Uh, that's Sophie. one. That's I don't one. know that's... why I said her name wrong, but whatever. No, I don't think you did. Anne Sophie Bate. I, I said Anne Sophie <laughs> Bate. You were doing the French. You were doing the French on more than just her last name. Yeah, Anne Sophie Bate. I just Frenched uh, her whole name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she's one. Uh, she no longer plays pro hockey, but when Kelly Stedman was in the NWHL, she was a player who I was like very much on on the. She should be at a U.S. If she's not on a team, invite her to the national camp. Blake Bolden is someone we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. I think Michelle Picard was recently invited to a national team camp, but she's someone who um, she think, was on the national team. She was. She played in the 2014 Olympics, and then kind of after that was kind of an afterthought, I think, for a bit and was very recently invited to the Four Nations camp, but wasn't invited as a full player, was invited as, like, with the college kids who, like, come, or, like, the high school kids, the younger players. The U18s. Like, yeah, who come and play. Like, they practice with them, but they don't travel. They don't go and play. They just are with, at camp. And Picard was, like, part of that group, which I thought was strange because she's yeah. been in USA hockey before, but, like, whatever. Um... Who else? I'm bad at this question. It's a great question, but I'm bad at it. I kind of want to say Mia Dench, based on her performance last year. What about, like, Jillian Dempsey? I don't think I watch her play enough to know whether she would be good on the national team or not. I think she would be a I good would... glue player. I think I could see her maybe being on the fourth line on Team USA. Yeah. I, I don't know if I could say. Like like a, a Zoe Hickel type player on yeah. the US team. I think she and I think she'd be good at that. I just don't know if skill wise, I would be like, yes, she needs to be on this team right now. It'd be interesting to see her on the team. Her or like Gallardi. Mm, I would say I, I would say Jillian over Alyssa. Um, um, this is hard. I'm trying to pull up stats so that I can look at like a list of names in front of me. 
I don't know if there's any goalies that jump out that I think should be, um, <laughs> uh, you know, who's leading the CWHL in scoring or who's tied for the lead in scoring. Alex Carpenter. Of course. I think she should be on a national team, but that's up for debate right now. Rachel Lanes has 12 points. She's also on the team where she's expected to do most of the scoring. Yeah. So. But she's another player who I think is a good player. Is I think is a very underrated player. I think she's yeah. a pretty integral part of that that Shenzhen team that we don't talk a lot about. Um, I think she's always kind of been that way because on when she was on the Blades and when she was on the Pride, she was on teams with a lot of national team players. But even still, she stood out a lot to me. She's such a strong player, like physically. Like it's mm-hmm. very hard to get her off the puck, and she is very small. Yeah, I feel like yeah. she's just a brick wall. Like, I feel like you would run into her no matter how tall you are, and you would probably be the one to bounce off of her. She reminds me a lot of Brianna Decker in that way. And that Decker does not have a lot of height, but, like, she is going to be the strongest person on the ice. Maddie Elia is someone who I'd be interested to see on a national team. She's very physical, though, so I'm not – I feel like she'd take a lot of penalties. And so I'm not sure that, like, it would be worth it to have her on a team if she's going to be more kind of – gritty in that way some people in slack in the ice garden slack were talking about Haley skimura possible as a possibility which is i think is how mike came up with this question hasn't she been invited to a national team before maybe i think because i think she's at least semi usa hockey adjacent i'm gonna google this and now it's time for I'm going to Google this section. At, at least I'm not looking at the map. Um, elite prospects. What are you mm-hmm. eating? Uh, caramel corn. <laughs> um, you know what? She has, She isn't listed as being uh, USA Hockey, which is... I definitely thought she had been. Yeah, she's someone that I would maybe like to see. She reminds me a little bit of a Cheyenne Darkangelo and that she's kind of on like the cusp of it where I could see her being on this team, but I could also see why she's not. But I think it'd be worth inviting her to a camp. Also take it with a grain of salt because again, she's on Shenzhen, which means she's getting a lot of ice time. I love watching Jessica Wong play. I would love to see her on defense, especially on, is she Canadian or US? Either way, I think she could be a help. She's from Canada. Damn it. Because USA's defense is, is a struggle. So. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so I would like to see what she could do to kind of help anchor that. But she's been just excellent for Shenzhen. And she always looks so steady when she's on defense. She's played on Duluth. She's won an NCAA championship. She's been on Team Canada before. Uh, she was on the U18s. And then played in something called the Mecco Cup, which I've never heard of before, in 2010 and 2011. Um, and then just kind of has not been invited back since. Like, and and I guess I guess she's gonna play for China probably for if she can get the visa stuff approved for the 20 uh, 2022 Olympics. But she's I think someone that Canada should be looking at unless she has to like completely swap over to be on the China team, in which case she's not going to be able to. I think she does. Yeah, which 
So we'll see her on a national team, but I think Canada should have been playing her before then. Anyways. Um, anyone else you got? Uh, no, I think... I love this question, but I it's very hard for me to think of. Mm-hmm. Um, we also got a question from Fork Tines at fork underscore times on Twitter. Uh, which happens first? Do the Minnesota Whitecaps lose or the Worcester Blades win a game? And then bonus question, which team gets the other half of the equation? So who do the Whitecaps lose to or who do the Blades win against? Uh, I think the Whitecaps lose before the Blades win. Why do you think the Whitecaps are going to lose? Or who do you think they're going to lose to? I think they're going to lose to the Pride. Ooh. Hot tech. I don't think it is that um, much of a hot take. I think that's I think that's a good Yeah. I think the big question for the Pride is gonna be goaltending though. Mm-hmm. If um Katie Burt can not necessarily withstand, but if she can hold up against that, uh, I guess is one way to say that. Um but I think they're gonna match them speed for speed. Um and I think think we'll see some really good hockey they'll be there the first weekend in december and i'm super stoked to be able to watch those games they're coming to boston uh no minnesota they're going boston's going to minnesota are you traveling with them are you talking about on the stream no online okay i thought you were gonna like be there and i was like jealous no um i I thought about it but so when did the when does worcester play toronto they already did are are they gonna do it again though before? Because I think I would agree with you that the Pride are gonna beat um, the Whitecaps. However, mm, nope, Worcester plays Montreal, so not gonna win that game. Nope, nope. They play Toronto December eighth, <coughs> and I think Worcester is gonna beat Toronto. Um, really. And in at least one game. That's a hot tech. Yeah, maybe. But um, I think if Jetta plays the way she did against Montreal, I think if you're not trying to stop Hayler Knight, Marie Philippe Poulin, Melody Dau, Anne Sophie Bate, Aaron Ambrose, Jillian Saulnier, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. The Canada Jesus national team. Jesus Christ, that's a list. I know. The Canada <laughs> national team, basically. And that was her first game back. And I think I think Boston has the ability to frustrate a team. And I think Toronto is a team that can get very frustrated. And so I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be supremely close, kind of a la the Connecticut Whale beating the Ribs on a last-minute goal or, like, the Ribs beating whoever they beat with, like, a last second, like, within the last three seconds or whatever, they scored a goal. I think it's going to be something kind of, like, fluky like that. But I think I think if Worcester wins, it's going to have to be against Toronto. And I oh, think, yeah. And I don't. I think they could do it. Um... And, I, and I'm also hesitant to say, like, I do think that the Whitecaps are going to lose this year. But just, like, so much of me this season has been, like, being, oh, well, the Whitecaps aren't actually this good. The Whitecaps aren't actually this good. And we're, like, how many weeks into the season now? And I'm like, you know what? 
every time I've been like, no, they can't keep this up. The Whitecaps continue to play out of their minds. And so I'm just kind of like, I wouldn't be shocked if they swept the pride. Again, I think it's going to be close, but they've been proving me wrong all season and that they're like, they're here and they're no joke. They're legit. And I don't know. It's a, it's a hard question because both of these, the Blades are as bad as the Whitecaps are good. I, I don't think the Blades will win this season. Did At I all? say that already or did I think about saying that? I don't remember. I think I thought about saying it but never said it. That's kind of a hot take, but also like it's not out of the realm of possibility. Like, yeah, they're the Blades. I guess I just, I don't know. If the Blades lose, it it has to be against Toronto. I think Shenzhen will be able to beat them. Oh, um, 100%. Especially if you play, I mean, either of their goalies, Nora or um, whoever their backup is. I'm blanking. Um, Kimberly Newell. Yes, thank you. Either they of did. Those. They played Kimberly Newell because <coughs> the Blades were in China over the Four Nations break, which means they didn't have Shan, um, they didn't have Nora, not Shannon. Oh, my God. In country. And Kimberly Newell played, and they still... The Blades just don't have an offense or defense. No, no. They can't exit the zone to save their freaking life. I feel and like I need to change my answer. I'm just like... I'm hopefully know. optimistic. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I want to believe that the Blades have some talent to where they can, like, put together some, some, and, and, like, watching them against Montreal is, I feel, like, an unfair test, because Montreal is stupid good, you know? Like, you put yeah. anyone up against Hillary Knight and Marie Philippe Poulin, they're gonna look silly. Those two, those are the two best players in the world, or two of the best players in the world. And so, like, I feel like if you put the Blades up against Toronto, maybe it's an easier. I would like to see the Blades play the Whale or the Rivs. But... Yeah. Not the Rivs, the Whale. I've been saying that. I know. We've said that multiple times. At CWHL, at NWHL. <laughs> Screw the Champions Cup. Let's just do, like, head for heads. Actually, that's interesting. Okay, I want to know, who would you put up head to head like that? Across Like, blades? one CWHL team and one NHL team. NWHL team. I didn't say that. Are we talking like like two games, like one of the best and one of the worst? Yeah, or like who would you pair? Or we, or we okay, so take it. every NWHL team and pair them with um, a ooh, CWHL ooh, team ooh. for a competitive game. Okay, I like this question. Okay. Um, Montreal Buffalo. Calgary Whitecaps. Mmm... Markham, Boston, and Connecticut, Toronto. You forgot the Riveters. Riveters, Blades. I I know we've talked about the Whale and the Blades before, but I think that the Whale are going to start getting better than the Blades, and I want to see them against Toronto. And I kind of want to see... If the Riveters can stomp the Blades, then it gives me a little bit more faith in that team. But if the Blades can put up a fight against the Riveters, then they'd be in some serious trouble. And I feel like that would give me a good barometer of where the, the Ribs are at this season. What about you? Interesting. Um, I think I would agree. 
even with the Connecticut and Riveters selections. This is also me being very optimistic mm-hmm. about Connecticut too. Like because they beat the ribs, I feel like I'm on like the oh, this is the start of something new. Like the yeah, I, th- I think you're giving the riveters too much or the whale too much, I guess. Yeah. For one game. Um, I would still say whale blades. Riveters, Toronto. That could be a fun game. Pride. Either Markham or KRS. Calgary. I mean, Calgary, Minnesota. Calgary, Buffalo. Montreal, Buffalo, Montreal. One of those two. Some combination of those four teams is what I would want to see. I want you to pick the Buffalo, Whitecaps, Montreal, Calgary, because I think those are interchangeable, but I want to I wanna hear, like, from, from an on-ice perspective or not, like, what games do you want to watch? All of them. <laughs> Calgary, Buffalo, but I want Nicole Hensley in that. Nicole Hensley against Alex Rigsby? Yes. Yeah. I think that would be hilarious. Oh, shit. Especially yes. considering there's, like, the Zoe Hickel. But I guess, like, Danny alternatively. Cam- Danny Cameronese's on that team. And, like, Casey and Brianna. But alternatively, like, Calgary, then you have, like, four or five Olympians against Shannon, which I think would also be hilarious. Oh, damn. But then also, like... Yeah, I want to see Buffalo, Calgary, Minnesota, Montreal. Yeah, that would be stellar. Mm, I want it to happen. Make it happen, please. Um, please, pretty please. Before we, before we wrap things up, we have one star bench cut, also from Matt Smith, uh, or Matt Smith, at Drake Smith at 12. I do this every week. I always call him Matt Smith. Um... Higher shortlist fire, Ryan Equale, Paul Mara, Randy Velishuk. Higher Mara, shortlist Equale, fire, Verlobola, Randy. I'm firing Randy. I'm torn between Equale and Mara. Because I think I think they've both done a good job with the teams that they've been given this year. I just think that Mara has been given more. And so I'm a little like I wonder what would happen if you flip those two coaches at the Pride would be having as much success as they are under Equale. Uh, short list Equale, higher Mara. But it's a close one. I like Ryan Equale. I like what he's doing with the Connecticut Whale, especially considering the team that he has based on the other teams that exist in the NWHL. Michelle, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at, at Michelle underscore J-A-Y-3. Where can we find you, Hannah? At Hannah underscore Beavis1, B-E-V-I-S. Um, if you have mailbag questions that you want us to answer or you have star punch cuts you want us to answer, uh, tweet them at Michelle and I using the hashtag Top Shelf Mailbag. If you have trivia questions that you want us to answer and let's stump Hannah, DM them to Michelle and I. Um, we didn't do that this week, but we will do it in weeks moving forward. We have a Patreon under the Ice Garden Podcast Network. Um, if you're already a patron, thank you very much. If you're not, 
you get some fun bonus content, articles, bloopers. Michelle and I just did a um, a cool little video that's going to go up sometime in the near future. Um, it's it's a secret project that I don't know how much you want to talk about uh, because it's still in the works. But we we secret did secret project, secret project, secret we, secret secret project. We did like a cool little video <laughs> with some players, um, and so then Michelle and I did the game also, which was really fun. Um, so you get fun little uh, Easter eggs like that. If you can't afford to be a patron. That's cool. Spread the word. Tell your friends to listen. Rate and review us on iTunes or your podcast app. Subscribe. Um, smash that subscribe button. Smash that I subscribe button. I hate myself. Button. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, so you can do that. Um, are we going to record next week? Do we think I don't. That? I don't think so. I didn't think we were. I think we're going to take a week off next week because of the holidays and because of like a weird travel schedule and also like there weren't. Are there not games this week? There's very few games next week. and it's, We're kind of in a weird flux. So I think we're going to take a week off, but then we will be back. So, um, or I don't know, maybe we'll release a bonus or something. Probably not. Um, but thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.